right. So we've I've been seeing this a lot lately where a lot of people have been dealing with a lot of um, mental issues, emotional issues. And nowadays, a lot of us are getting older. So physical issues where we just have to accommodate these things either by sucking it up, handling it on the back end, or just doing some means to uh, alleviate it just enough for us to continue working. And I've seen a a few instances where some individuals have to resort to taking medications to uh, alleviate most of these problems. And then that's when MVP and I started thinking like, you know, there's certain things that you can and cannot do in certain industries. Uh, For example, aviation in particular. Uh, If you want to go a little bit or expand a little bit on, on that part of the program. Yeah. So this is kind of taking some points from the uh, FAA's website, but it's on the industry drug and alcohol testing program. First question is, are you keeping our skies safe? So drug and alcohol testing in state or of safety sensitive aviation employees helps protect public safety and keep our skies safe. Testing is required by the Omnibus Transportation Employees Testing Act of 1991 and by the DOT and FAA regulations. And I won't read those off, but, uh, The Drug Abatement Division oversees the aviation industry's compliance with drug and alcohol testing laws and regulations. They accomplish this by performing on-site inspections, providing guidance to companies, individuals, contractors, and service agents, and establishing policies and procedures to increase the program's effectiveness. Um, They also develop and implement the regulations uh, for the DOT and FAA drug and alcohol testing program. Yeah. So in a nutshell to everyone else, it basically means like we're going to do random uh, drug screenings to everyone who works in the aviation industry. And why is like some of the warning labels you see on certain medications is like do will cause impairment, will will um, hinder your movement, do not operate heavy machinery, etc. while taking this medication. And for they usually, whenever I hear those kind of warnings, I usually think of something along the lines of like a forklift or um, like a crane, something that like it's kind of moving heavy things. But it's very, it's not too often you hear someone say or think of like, oh, like don't operate or work on an airplane or don't fly an airplane while you're taking these medications. And Which kind of is funny because the old joke about pilots is they're all drunk, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's such a high stress job or whatever. That they're all yeah. sauced the t- the whole time, you know. Yeah, or and also like uh, ATCs, like air traffic controllers. Like yep. between those two jobs, man. Like I don't know how these guys can stay young. Like I'm sure, like they they age really fast by just by the stress of their job, and rightfully so, just because of the amount of stuff you got to do. But no one sees it from the aircraft mechanic side of the house, right? When they hear high stress, they think pilots, they think ATC, they think. Um, um, like the guys who work the the catapults on the on the aircraft carrier and stuff like that, but hardly anyone thinks anything about the guys actually turning wrenches. Like, what's so stressing about fixing an airplane? Well, let me tell you, there's a whole yeah. a whole lot of stress when it comes to that. Um, especially when like, let's take a step one mechanic. Like, you're brand new into the field. You're, you have the knowledge, you have the understanding of the aircraft. And by the way, you're the first line of inspection when it comes for, 
for all the jobs that are in, in relation to the plane. So your very actions or inactions can s- let this plane fly away safely or have it come tumbling to the ground in a giant ball of fire. Good luck. Yeah. Best of luck to you. Right. And most of these, most of the people who are aircraft mechanics or at least beginning mechanics, they're somewhere along the lines of 18 to 25. That's a big responsibility for someone who has next to no living experience. It's like you haven't lived your life yet, but just letting you know, if you fuck up, there goes your life. Uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So that's, it, it's, it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to handle. It's a lot of pressure. Um, the schedules for maintainers are constantly, constantly a driving force to do the job faster and under budget. Um, but it also gets more difficult as six alluded to earlier, right? The physical ailments, uh, from injuries on the job, just from, you know, bodily damage, uh, years of abuse, you know, whatever the case may be, but you know, sometimes like you see guys popping ibuprofen 800s, like it's like they're Tic Tacs, you know what I mean? Just like yes. how many, how many ibuprofen do you take today? Four? Jesus, crime any, like 3,200 yeah. <laughs> 3, milligrams of ibuprofen. How are you not dead? Yeah. yeah. Or another one is uh, like some kind of caffeine pills um, or just caffeine in general. Like how many cups of coffee did you have a day? Oh, about like four pots. What? <laughs> yeah. How are you not <laughs> vibrating on a different spectrum right now? <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we always have this common joke like when uh, like with coffee it's if it if I can't smell color then it's not strong enough like right because like that that's just the level of get up and go that we need to have when we're actually on the line or or doing any sort of maintenance because you're just so worked and a lot of times you're doing your hours back to back to back so your sleep schedule is like next to none so. The caffeine's really the only thing keeping you going. And I remember uh, stopping in this convenience store once that was right next to like an airport. And there was like this whole aisle of just stay awake pills, like no dose. Uh, there was a whole bunch of other stuff, but it, it just made me laugh because there was like a whole aisle just for stay awake pills. I'm like, this can't, this can't be good. <laughs> and yeah, then right mo- next at- Most of them in the truck stop or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's like some of them, they're like, they're so strong. It's so they're, they're almost to the point of um, like stimulants, like drug stimulants. And I remember some years ago, I want to say it was like 2001, 2002 timeframe where they actually had pre-workout that had stimulants in it. Like yeah. uh, what's that? What's the one? Uh, Rit Fuel. Rit Fuel used to have uh, pills like these yellow pills and it had, I can't remember the name of the, of the substance, but it started with E, but it was a stimulant. It was like a no shit stimulant and guys would be popping these and they will stay awake for almost two and a half days. No problem. And how they found out that it was a stimulant is they started doing drug tests on these guys. Cause like mid shift, that's right around the peak time when they start taking the stuff to stay awake. Yep. And every, every single one of them popped. For some kind of a stimulant. You're like, wait, what do you guys take? They thought they were all on drugs. Like, what the hell are you guys taking? Are you guys taking meth or some shit? Like, no, we're just taking pre-workout. Like, 
like a regular person. It's like, well, these pre-workout got drugs in it. Like, what? <laughs> so that's interesting because one of the guys uh, that I work with, he um, he just suffered from a like a, a, a heart attack. Yeah, a mild heart attack, but he's only like twenty five years old. Um, a, a former Marine himself, um, but he was, you know, he had got his. Uh, I guess they kind of attributed it to like that pre workout and mm-hmm. a mix with his like vaccine. Like his body just had some sort of fucking reaction. It was like, oh god, I'm done. Jeez. So that's funny you brought up the pre workout stuff. Like I, I didn't really give too much thought to it until. Till he mentioned it before, because the doctors were asking him, like, hey, beyond the vaccine, like, what else have you changed in your in your lifestyle? He's like, I've changed out nothing. They're like, are you, you know, because he's kind of a buff guy. And they were like, well, mm-hmm. are you taking anything? Are you are you doing anything like for, for the gym? He goes, yeah, I do a pre-workout every day. And I'm like, oh, what's the pre-workout? And I don't remember what the brand was. I don't think it was Rip, but it was something else. And they're like, oh, yeah, that shit. That shit's got those stimulants in it, you know? Mm hmm. And so it just sent us hard to overdrive. Yeah. And I remember there was some time where they put out this big health notice where like, um, if you're taking these, uh, pre-workouts, they're, they're good for you. They're, I mean, not good for you, but they're, they're meant to do what they're supposed to do and they're not illegal. But if you take too much of it, it, like, uh, in a certain schedule, which is what 99% of people do, then you, you will pop on the piss test. I'm like, what? <laughs> so how much of so, it do you have to drink then or take before uh, you pop? Like that's got to be a grotesque amount. Yeah. And I'd imagine so. Cause you know, like some people, I remember this used to be like a, like a point of honor or some kind of badge of glory where like how many scoops of pre-workout you can take without like throwing up. Dying without dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dying. I've seen some uh, individuals that will take like twice the, the, the recommended dose on the pre-workout just so they can get that rush. But, but they'll mix it with an energy drink too. I've seen that. I'm like, Oh my God. Dude. Yeah. Like, what are you no, doing? Man. You know? Yeah. Like, no man. Like, like if, if you're trying to make your heart explode, that's probably a, a good way to start. Just saying. Um, but more, more on that is like with a lot of, a lot of uh, mechanics or aircraft pe- um, specialists, They'll take whatever they'll take certain things to help them get through the shift or help them ease the pain of whatever it is they're going through. And so some of these men, like no one thinks that it's a problem. Like, uh, like again, with the pre-workout stuff, uh, some of them, they'll take like the no dose pills or they'll, they'll trade off uh, prescription medications like Vicodin. I, I see, I used to see that happen like quite a lot where, uh, someone will have like um, they would go in for like some kind of surgery, like for like uh, getting their wisdom teeth pulled, and they'll get like a whole bottle of Vicodin, and they'll start like just passing it around, like like hey man, you got any more of that of uh of the those painkillers or whatever? Because like my back's been killing me, my whatever, and you start getting very dependent on that type of numb feeling or that type of uh, caffeinated feeling, so you start taking more of it, and. Yeah, because your body gets used to it, right? And that's this is like any drug abuse type thing. You you take it, and you're like, man, that makes me feel good. So you do a little bit more, and you do a little bit more, and then your body gets used to it. And you're like, well, I need a little bit more. Then next thing you know, you're overdosing, or your yep. kidneys are or whatever shutting down because you've taken so much of this painkillers over the year, over the years. You know what I mean? Hmm. And hey, what 
I felt very attacked when it started talking about caffeine. Like, because <laughs> I mean, let's face it, anyone who's ever been an aircraft mechanic, caffeine's in your system one way, shape, or form. Yeah, whether, whether it's coffee, coffee, energy drinks, or both. Like, I got one guy, he drinks like two energy drinks a day, which some people are probably listening going, that's not a lot. But I'm like, man, those are like 300 milligrams of caffeine per can. And he's having them in less than an eight hour period. Yeah. You know, or you remember when they used to have those BFCs for sale? Like the, it's like a half gallon of energy drink almost. Oh yeah. 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 They're, they're yeah. huge. Like, like you can barely fit your hand around it. Yeah. They don't Isis. even fit in your cup holder, your car. Cause they're so big. Yeah. I remember seeing one individual, he would kill two of those in a shift. I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, like zero water in this guy's system. Like I go, I can almost guarantee if he pissed it, it'd just be salt. Like just be solid salt. It'd just be, it, well, no, it'd be just stones. I bet he just pisses kidney stones. <laughs> Straight stone. Like you hear, you hear that scream ah! in the bathroom. It's, oh, it's so-and-so. Oh, it's whatever in there. He's taking a piss again. It's just straight stone that comes out. But like, right. I know for myself, you know, when I was on deployments and stuff, I, I didn't start drinking coffee till I was probably 24 or 25 years old. Maybe even a little bit later. Yeah. Anyways, it was right around my mid twenties. I started drinking coffee. I never did any energy drinks, never drank coffee, never did that. But I was on, it was like my third deployment in a row, back to back to back of being on the, on the night schedule. And I was, uh, the forms, the forms master back then we called it a scribe or a mecretary. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I was, you know, stuck in the office doing paperwork all night for all, all the deployed locations. And it was like, God, I need something to keep me awake. So I started making a pot of coffee and I would drink that to myself, but with a shit ton of creamer, like the sweetened creamer, you know, the flavored yep. ones and then sugar on top of that. So it was like, it didn't really taste like coffee anymore. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but I was drinking a pot of that to myself uh, 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 every day or more. And my God, it was just like, I, after a while, my heart started like hurting my, I was like, Oh my God, what's going on with me? There was just so much caffeine induction, so much sugar, so much whatever else. And, and my body was starting to react negatively to it. So it's ever since that happened, I switched to one cup a day or two cups a day, maybe on, on a weekend day. Mm-hmm. But, um, at least for me, I get, I'm real sensitive to caffeine. So that kind of shit hits me in different ways than others. Yeah. So <laughs> Like, especially, especially with caffeine, because every, every single one of us at one point in time had some in our system. And it, it like what you had alluded to, it's your your get up and go yeah, or keep you going uh, kind of thing. But as you drink more, as you take it in more, you start needing more of it. And like we were saying before, like you get some guys who take like who put their pre-workout, mix it with, with, mix it with uh, energy drinks and then use that mix to brew their coffee. Like, Fuck. All while all, they're drinking that, all while while having a dip in their lip and a cigarette and hanging out the corner of their mouth, so they're getting fucking KO'd on caffeine and nicotine, you know. <laughs> and the, and you induce more the the more stressful the day is, right? Yes, and you know that's just how it goes. I, I remember at one time, uh, I think this was what the the first and only time I've ever experienced an air quote overdose of caffeine. A lot of people are like, how the fuck do you overdose on caffeine? Like, well, technically you don't. But uh, so what happened is I was on a night shift, go figure. 
And this was when those five hour energy drinks came, first came out. I wouldn't even say drinks. They're more like energy shots. But anyway, mm-hmm. like I tried one and it, it got me awake, but it was, it was starting to wear off. So I took another one and the bottle straight up said, don't do it. But I did it anyway. And I didn't feel energized. I just felt like everything was just moving super slow. You know, it's, yeah. it's like that, um, that one squirrel in that one, uh, that one animated movie, I think it was called over the hedge where like he saw fast, everything's starting to go in slow motion. <laughs> and yeah. And so that's how it felt. Like I was, I didn't feel any less tired. I just felt everything was just going super slow and see sounds and taste colors. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and I, and I was getting, and I realized like how much more irritated I, I would get. Cause I guess that's one of the major side effects of caffeine is you start getting more irritable, which is why everyone gets grumpy in the morning for not having caffeine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you become dependent upon it. I mean, I, I I'm kind of that way myself, you know, I'm like, man, something's off today. What, what happened with today? And you're like, Oh, I didn't have coffee this morning. Right. You know, cause you just got busy for whatever reason or you didn't, I don't know what the case may be, but yeah, you just, you become so dependent upon that stuff. I mean, I, I would agree that, you know, well, I think you and I both are the same way. You're like, dude, today sucks. What is happening? I didn't have coffee. That's the case. I need that coffee to get through my day. Right. And that's right. what we say. We need that coffee. We don't really need that coffee. But our minds and our bodies are so accustomed to that, that kick that we're like, man, I needed it. <laughs> right. So that, that that's like one of the more positive but negative sides. Right. Now, let's look into the ones where like. You guys actually need need like you physically need those medications like you need your your um your your pills to to regulate certain parts of your body, but they somehow impair you to a certain extent, like say like hyper like um hypertension pills or um even even certain pain relievers, right? So I got a guy and he just had surgery last week, Thursday, yeah. but he fell out of the he fell out of the crew entry door on a, when he was active duty out of a KC-135 and fell out of the door 12 feet, 12 to 15 feet flat on his back and messed Ooh. up his, his spine. So his back is now like fused together and stuff, but he's in excruciating pain every day. And so he's has to have this medication. Otherwise he, he just wouldn't be able to function. Mm-hmm. And so he's had surgery where they burn the nerve ends now. So he doesn't, he can't feel that pain anymore. But, Jeez. but he was on these pills that like when he would get so bad, he would take those pills and then he would like, he'd be like, dude, I can't, I, I shouldn't even be driving today, taking these pills. He's like, they, they're so powerful that they kind of like almost make you feel like you're drunk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you kind of get that hazy feeling and sleepy and whatever else. Cause they're so potent, but, but yeah, just to your point, like neat, but, but necessary to get through a normal day. Mm-hmm. just to make pain, pain manageable right and then there's uh also say like people who have like some kind of uh i wouldn't say mental illness but they have like some mental um weight or mental um um uh, yeah like, depression uh yeah depression like they're working through anxiety right i worked with a guy his anxiety man he he got real bad cases and r.i.p to this this guy but uh I remember we were on a deployment once and he showed up. I was probably halfway into my deployment. He showed up, got off the plane and just looking around at that deployed location, his just anxiety kicked in and it just crippled him. Like he couldn't, 
he couldn't move. And we're like, the guy who was supposed to go home looked at him like, are you okay? He's like, I, 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 I can't, like, I can't be here. I can't do this. And he was on medication for it, but he was trying to wean himself off of it because he didn't want to be on medication anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to, I want to, I want to try to get better. I want to try to beat this. I want to try to, and he's like, I, mean, I guess he hadn't taken his medication for several days and it just, it crushed him. And yeah. uh, so that guy who was supposed to go home was like, all right, just put him back on the plane. I'll hang out till we can get somebody else out here to, to replace him. Like having him here is going to do him and nobody else here any good, you know? So, right. uh, so we, uh, but, the, but again, medical, medical medication, medicinal, whatever pills, something that's necessary to ha- help an individual with just normal day-to-day operation. Right. And like there, there was another article I, uh, we, we found where it's talking about like medication use in aircraft mechanics if like how much of it uh, just dro- impairs their performance. And the background of it is they did a studies of human factors to see how aircraft mechanics would do with medication because they did, they do tons of them with pilots and air crew, but not a whole lot that with aircraft mechanics. And they surveyed a bunch of them. Like some of them were in the air force and they, they, they used a questionnaire based system where they examine the mechanics and their use and side effects of certain uh, medications and how their performance was when they returned to work. And they noticed that for these me- uh, mechanics that they surveyed, there was like a, a, a significant drop in their performance level based on certain medications. But like we were saying uh, uh, previously, like some of these you just have to take. Like case in point was the that one individual with the anxiety. Like you just have to take it. Um, the The plus side of it all is aircraft mechanics have that little bit of wiggle room that they can uh, talk about it or at least have the option of taking it versus like some uh, aircraft mechanics who are in a flight status or uh, um, flight attendants, air crew, or even pilots. Some of them like they're, they got to kind of pick and choose when they can or cannot take their medication because now that you're in a flying aircraft, now you got to have to be 100% all the time. And uh, I'm not sure how some companies do it, but certain um, organizations, they piss test you or they, they check you for sobriety a full 12 hours prior to each flight. So it's kind of like you're like, you're instantly weaned off for like 12, however long your flight is. And then you kind of get back on it as soon as it's done, but you can't say nothing about it because once you do, now you start opening a can of worms as to like, are you even fit to be in a flight status and stuff like that? You know yeah, what I'm saying? When you got to start questioning, man, am I going to lose my job over this? You know? Mm-hmm. Now, so then, talking about all ahead, these sorry. medical stuff, you know, doctor prescribed uh, medications, whatever else, you know, a lot of people, you know, are trying to do in today's day and age, are trying to live maybe a little more holistic lifestyle, right? Hey, I don't want to be dependent upon big pharmaceutical medicine, right? I want to, that can maybe harm my body. Yeah, it fixes one thing, but what else is it harming? I want to go for a more natural route. So, in the past recent years, I think we all know that CBD will oil has become uh, a big, big proponent, right? An all natural kind of a pain relieving, uh, stress relieving uh, source of, uh, of, of getting that done without taking big pills. Sorry for the mumbling of my words, but uh, 
that's that's kind of where everybody's leading to now, right? Mm-hmm, and but mm-hmm. but the question is, is like for a lot of us that have security clearances and everything else, like are we or or FA license or uh, CAMA license or whatever the case, whatever part of you know EASA license, whatever part of the world you're in, you know we're all hey, we would like to live a healthier lifestyle and not be dependent on that and maybe not kill my kidneys. So what do we have out there? Oh, CBD oil. But can I take it? You know, am I going to pop positive on a, on a, on a drug test because I'm taking CBD oil? You know, now Mm -hmm. there is some, some of the CBD oil is THC infused and that's obviously going to be the better of a quality product to get results from than non THC infused. But, you know, there's still the skepticism there, uh, from man, if I take the CBD oil, even if it's not THC infused, is that going to ruin my life, ruin my career? If I got randomly tested and they're like, oh, what's the CBD in your system? You know what I mean? Are you smoking weed? Like, no, I'm just taking CBD oil. Here, here it is, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't be doing that. You're a, you're a menace to society type thing. <laughs> now, there'll be, a, like, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of experts that are going to weigh in and say like, well, CBD does not make you pop on a piss test. Or vice versa, you'll have some other experts who will say that if you take enough of CBD, then you will pop on the on the test. Uh, I think uh, that's a lot of science that's still yet to get proven out, whether for or against. But I think what most of us with a security clearance, a federal license, or a some kind of a airworthiness safety certificate will will just, they will just blanket statement and say that. We recommend that you do not take these because re- because for the reason of impairment. Now, is there any of that scientifically justified? I don't know. And I'm hoping that the science does, in fact, prove itself out. I can just say that from the results that we're seeing from people who actually do take it, it's whether it's a placebo or whether it's actually working, it's helping them cope with whatever it is they're dealing with. Yeah, it just might be a me- mental thing, right? Like he's said with the placebo it, it might not actually be doing anything but they think it's doing something right the hypochondriac side of the human being race um or species uh you know it's all in the head well you know no i need medicine to help me get this squared away oh, okay here here's take these pills oh thanks doc and it's only a placebo but they're like man i started taking these medicine and all of a sudden i feel good now and i don't have these issues anymore and these problems and whatever else it's all a mental game, but hey, if that's what if that's what works, then that's what works. Yeah. Um. In it. You know, we were talking about CBD, and some of you might be asking, "What is CBD, and how does it work?" So, CBD or cannabis oil is a compound derived from the cannabis marijuana plant. CBD is also known as a medical mar- as medical marijuana in the marketplace. Most CBD manufacturers describe this plant based compound as an antidepressant, anti anxiety. Analgesic, whatever that is, and anti-inflammatory oil that can be used internally or externally. The CBD oil is directly derived from the hemp plant, not the marijuana plant. Based on the strength of the CBD in the hemp oil, its effects may vary. So I guess that's where it comes with the THC infused mm-hmm. or not on right. the strength. But um, so here's another uh, section: CBD oil in the workplace do's and don'ts. 
cannabis oil or CBD has been on the market for very uh, for a few years now. Based on the 2018 federal legislation about hemp, it is not an illegal controlled substance. However, ingestion of CBD or CBD-based substances in your workplace can be risky. That's because one of the active compounds in CBD may flag you as positive in the workplace drug and alcohol test. That means CBD usage may jeopardize your job if your test results show a large amount of unregulated substance known as THC. So there you go. So if you're, if you're looking to get uh, CBD oil and I have some myself, right. But I really don't feel like it works because it's not THC infused. And, Mm. and I, I mean, maybe it helps help sleep or something. I really haven't noticed a a change in it, but I'm not going to lie to you. Like for me, I, I, I bought this stuff and as a way to, you know, not take pills and cause I'm, I'm dealing with a hernia. Right. Right. So instead of taking pills all the time and trying to minimize the pain until, until I can get it fixed, you know, all right, let's try CBD. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll help. But I, I don't notice any difference in it. And I think it's because it's not THC infused. So keep that in mind if you're considering trying it and, but you know, you're subject to random drug place work testing or whatever else. Don't, don't get the THC infused. That said, I, I don't know how much of the THC infused and stuff you would have to ingest before it would show positive, but that's maybe something you can research on your own. Yeah. And then definitely uh, weigh out, I would say definitely weigh out the risk on that, especially because like if your job specifically tells you that to not do stuff like that and you do it anyway, I mean, that's a dice roll on your own. But, you know, if they don't stipulate or they don't suggest that you don't, I mean, uh, it, it does pay to do a little bit of legwork or homework to see like, hey, what is good for you? And then if that the stuff you're buying is actually what it says it is, because how many times have we see that where it says, oh, CBD or uh, CBD or this will help you out or any type of essential oil. But it's not the actual ingredient that they say it is. It's just like some. Uh, some random paste with food coloring in it and they put some smelly sh- smell good stuff in it to make it sound like it actually is what they're selling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, so what are some CBD oil concerns? Um, a study from 2017 on CBD oils claimed that about 30% of CBD samples, oils, liquids, and tinctures, whatever a tincture is, from untrustworthy sources were not purest concentration of cbd furthermore several of them had more percentage of the thc although the product labels mentioned differently uh due to the excessive amount of thc such falsely advertised therapeutic grade cbd could lead to impairment intoxication and even positive drug tests have ingested there are also reports of cbd based oils potentially containing other contaminants including heavy metals at a very unsafe level but that being said um that's from 2017 we're 2021 coming up on 2022 i would i would venture to say that from that you're probably pretty safe with any cbd now just because how many states have made marijuana legal you know and now you see all these uh dispensaries popping up all over the place like legit businesses especially Mm -hmm. here in california um you know, and they all have CBD oils. And I would venture to say, if you're getting from one of those places, you're probably getting some legit stuff. Whereas yep. before in 2017 timeframe, people were probably just buying it out of the back of somebody's car type thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, I would think in today's 
today because now it's a widely accepted and regulated uh, item. I would I would expect you're probably getting some decent stuff. Right. I'd I'd say that too. And then you brought up a good point, especially with like the legalization of marijuana. Not condoning any of this for those of you, for those of you who are working in very high stress jobs. But if that but if, if that's something your doctor recommends, uh, hey man, like that might be something you need to address to your um your workplace or sad to say maybe find a job that won't restrict you to doing stuff like that. But that that's all again, it goes to stuff like what you actually need to take and and then have you uh, addressed it to the people who need to. So it, it's either something that you can be regularly taken or if it's stuff that you need to be scheduled to take, like don't take this within eight hours of you operating machinery. So they switch you to a shift where you can take it as required and not have to worry about dropping a, a half ton on somebody, you know? Yep. So Another part of this article I'm reading is what should employees do? So the do is always use therapeutic grade CBD oil from a trustworthy source. External usage of CBD products is considered very safe and will not show THC in your system. However, it is advised to consult your physicians before consuming CBD based products. Always communicate with your manager supervisor about your CBD usage and therapeutic needs. Um, mm. So again, yeah, maybe before, yeah, maybe before doing it in the workplace, just, like six said, do your research ahead of time. Like, hey, uh, I'm getting this. It's not uh, THC infused. Like, is it is it cool? Am I good to do this? Is there any company legislature that would say all CBDs or whatever are prohibited? Right. Um, you know. Now, here's the don'ts: do not buy CBD based products from third party sellers or on an online platform. So, so go to reputable sources and stay away from. Uh, the dark web and um, the trunks of people's cars in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, most of these products may contain contaminants and possibly THC, right? So again, just know your source. And if you use CBD oil internally for therapeutic purposes, do not hesitate to communicate with your manager. So why would that be a don't? Do not hesitate to communicate. So because oh, I guess uh, I guess some people like uh, it's kind of like the illegal drug use thing, right? Like you're doing it to cope or you're doing it to do you know, whatever it is you, you need it for, but you don't want to mention it to certain uh, levels of leadership. Like example, like I mentioned with the pilots and the air crew, right? Like you're doing this to kind of help you through it for whatever issues you're going through. But if you declare that stuff, then that automatically flags you for a no fly status or something oh, to that effect. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, on that end, I specifically feel for the pilots and the air crew because their level of con- of control is so strict, and I and I'd imagine so because they're flying. But some of these uh, individuals, as we alluded to at the very beginning of the episode, they're so wrung out that, and it, they have to resort to doing a lot of things on their own time because if they say anything, then there goes their their only viable chance at work. You know. Yeah. Well, and I guess that ties into the point we were talking about security clearances. Hey, if you, if you're, if you're filling out paperwork, you're, uh, what was it? The, uh, 96 is the SF 96 or the, Oh, Oh, for federal it's a SF 86, 86. There you go. 86. And you're filling out your, uh, paperwork for a security clearance, you know, for your job or whatever your, you know, or renewal or whatever else. Like, Hey, um, 
don't hide your history of, of, of use, right? If you've been, if you've had a history of, of pills, pill usage or smoked marijuana or whatever the case is, you know, uh, don't lie on that form, put it on there, put the, put the dates and years you did it. Um, for most cases, uh, you know, if it's been more than what, seven years, I think it was six or seven years, might even be down to five years now. But, um, but if you've done it in your past and it's been those times, don't, don't lie, just put it on the form. Uh, you might get questioned during a polygraph or something like that, but just be, just be open and honest because let's face it, it's the government and they'll find out whether you're lying or not. And two, they don't care that you did. They just, uh, they just want to know that you're not doing it now, but they want to know that you're, you're, you're being open with them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely not, even though if you've done it in the past, right, it's not going to, it's not going to hinder you from a, a security clearance. They just want to know if you're going to be honest with them about what you've done. So, you know, I know there's a lot of people like when, when it says in there, don't hesitate to talk, but you know, your no fly status. Hey, just, be open and say, hey, I got some stuff going on in life right now. Is it cool if I use a CBD or not or mm-hmm. or whatever? What are my options? You know what I mean? Again, consult with your physician, but but let let work know too, right? Like, hey, I'm, I got some stuff going on. I'm trying to resolve it. I just want you guys to be aware so we're not finding mm-hmm. out third, you right. know, third, third hand. <laughs> right. Like from the, from the authorities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't want police <laughs> kicking our door going this person's under arrest, you know, for whatever usage. Now, yeah. obviously and if you were a re- dealer in the past or whatever else of illegal drugs and narcotics and things like that, uh, yeah, you're probably not going to get a security clearance. That's for sure. <laughs> but, right. but as for usage wise, I mean, Hey, they, we're all young and dumb once, right. And experienced or whatever, but as long as it didn't consume your life and you're open and honest, you, you, you'll, you'll probably more than likely make it through. Right. You'll be more likely to not get your clearance from having a bad financial history than you are from drug use. Yes. (laughs) If that, if that makes sense, right. You know, Oh, we see you have three credit cards that you are overdue on. Yep. Clearance denied, but you smoked Mm -hmm. a little pot in high school. Nah, we don't give a shit about that. (laughs) Right. But that's, Uh, that's that's the truth of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think there's like three whole sections on the financial side, or at least one section that bleeds into three subsections about it. Yeah. Depending uh, on how you answer for, the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, tell me more. And it starts asking the 21 questions like, damn it. <laughs> uh, and then for the pilots and air crew that are actually going through stuff. And I know right now there's some issues that a lot of them are facing with having to come out in their flight status. And there's some reforms that people are working through right now to make it a little bit more fair and impartial on that end. We, we, we just don't know what that is and what it's going to look like. But again, like we've been saying, like consider the risk, consider your options, uh, consult your physician a hundred percent. And then if, if any of this is clear through them, just make sure your management knows. So don't just like under the table, do it. And like, like, well, my doctor said like, well, your doctor doesn't control you, um, controlling heavy machinery and that could possibly wreck thousands of lives. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So said open, open and honest. Um, if you need the help, obviously seek the help. Don't don't just mm-hmm. ignore it, like majority of us do. Uh, yes, <laughs> that leads to other issues. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And and then like and then for the stuff that you do need, I mean, again, uh, uh, voice it, keep it open, honest, and the stuff that you 
feel you need, but don't, I mean, like, dude, I would say do your absolute best to try to wean off it or find better alternatives. Like, well, and it's always better to resolve the problem rather than not, you know, and if you have to go exempt on your, or give up your flight status for a little bit to, to get the help you need. Hey, just again, talk to your employers. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm really struggling in life right now. And I got these ailments, issues, mental stress, whatever the case may be. And like, I just need to get it resolved. Um, you know, whether you're air crew or maintainer or whatever, just, all right, Hey, we're going to put you behind the desk for a little bit, right. Where you're not, Mm -hmm. all you're doing is maybe some paperwork and admin stuff for a little bit to you get yourself squared away and come back out and then say, okay, you know, this guy has got some issues fixed. Let's, let's test them and get back, get them back into flight status. Absolutely. And, uh, I, I got no final thoughts. We pretty much nailed it or you pretty much nailed the rest of it. What I was going to talk about. Do you have anything else? MVP? No, I'm a, I'm, I'm good on this end. All right. Again, so everybody, like if you, if you got some stuff, you got some issues, please, by all means, address it as you need to. Uh, consult the people as you need to and then let your um, let your companies know as you need to i mean and the stuff that you are taking now that you don't really need to take it uh, please consider uh, healthier better alternatives that don't involve you getting dependent on it and then when stay safe more than anything that's it be as safe as you can all right on that note thanks again everybody bye everyone We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to continue to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Ryan Freshour, Dan Schubert, Jenny Dignan, and the ladies of the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. Visit our shop at cancelformaintenance.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have ideas for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our contact us section and send us a line. We will do what we can to get your ideas or yourself on the show. You can also follow us on social media such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or on Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Check out some of our affiliates like Rockwell Time, where they make both rugged and classy watches to fit your lifestyle. Use the code CX4MX and save 10% off your purchase. Support us on Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, discounts and early access to merch, special patron-only episodes, and so much more. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.